Good morning, everyone. It's Lee Henson, President and Founder of Agile Dad, and it's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. So without any further ado, let's get started. Today, I have one of my subscribers. Thanks. I, I love you all. This is so awesome. I get frequently, I frequently get sent articles that people want me to review, and this one is a relatively new one. came out about a week and a half ago, and uh, it was uh, produced, or I should say published by Jenna Basto. And uh, the article was uh, one to hit near home. It talks about how to clean up a big, giant, messy product backlog. And um, the analogy that I thought of right away was one of the images that she used in the post. It was an image of a ball of yarn. It was just all distraught and everywhere compared to something that was neatly wrapped. And what I can tell you is that um, being completely familiar with arts and crafts and seeing people who've gone through and do crochet and things along those lines, it makes a huge difference to have that preparation in place it takes forever to unknot one of those giant balls of yarn, right? I don't know if you ever had to do that or ever tried, but it really is a painstaking process to try to do it. So it was it was really a good analogy in a sense that the backlog, when it gets too overwhelming, becomes worse and worse and worse. And then it becomes something that we have to disassemble and try to figure out. And there's some clear steps that you can take in order to make this happen. And I love that she broke it down this way. So uh, here's the first step. The first step she calls out is gather the information. Before you can sort anything out, you need to bring it all together, right? This is true about anything. I always tell, uh, I always tell my kids, when it comes time to clean your room, you know, if it's, if it's someplace that is not or has not been maintained in some time, take everything out. <laughs> Put it all together in one place and then go through it. And uh, it makes it easier for you to get organized. So when you're talking about organizing a backlog, you need to break things down into some categories and make sure you know where things are. Uh, you can take some things that are definitely approved and just waiting to be done, right? Waiting for someone to pick it up and do it. There's no need for any intervention there. It could be a simple stack. There could be another stack that's all based on customer feedback. Things that you receive from customers, things that customers want to talk to you about, things that you um, things that you're waiting to see customer feedback, those can all go into a stack label customer feedback. Another one is uh, ideas that are definitely not ready. They need to be, they need to be better vetted. They need to be spec. They need to go to a bafata, whatever the case may be. And then finally, anything that's being requested that you don't quite understand or anything that's just not clear. I would add here that it's also helpful to take it one step further and to break things down into debt versus non-debt, because we want to make sure that we're tackling debt and eliminating debt so that debt doesn't become something that's looming, right? And I'm not just talking about defects. I'm talking about things that affect outstanding architecture, infrastructure, anything along those lines, right? So that's just another good uh, good one to bounce off to make sure that you, uh, you do it correctly and get everything organized. Uh, the second is get all of this information captured in one place. Now... It was funny because I just did a blog post a little while ago asking about tools. And uh, one, of the, one of the participants said, uh, I still use sticky notes. And I'm like, that's great until you have everyone working in different areas or working from home. Then they can't see your sticky notes and you can't see theirs unless you're using. He, he says, oh, I use an electronic tool for that. I'm like, well, that's what I was just asking. So <laughs> it was just one of those humorous things, right? So whether you're using... Jira, ADO, Azure DevOps, Trello, whatever you use in version one. We had lots of good answers there. Uh, even Excel is fine. I, I just, I want you to get everything into one place that makes it easy to manage. 
try to pick a tool or something that allows you to categorize things, that allows you to put things into feature groupings, and allows you to organize work based on the type of work it is. Uh, requests for enhancements, new work, uh, those kind of things, etc. right? Make sure you have everything that's just well organized and easy to break down. But if it's not all in one place, it's going to be hard to manage, right? Then you want to go through the list and make sure everything in the list is actionable. This is interesting. So this is your triage, so to speak. Um, there's some things that we can mark as known but not resolved. There's some things that we could say these are requests for a future update. The, the, there's some things we can do that say, hey, there's a brilliant idea that we need to do research and address later. But we need to make sure that everything in the, in the backlog is actionable in some way, fashion, or form. Um, this could require additional research. This could require some, some editing. This could require getting other people involved. The point is you need to take the time to get rid of what I like to call backlog rot. There are items that have been in many people's backlogs for years. I mean, and I always jokingly say the backlog's starting to smell. And it's probably from all that backlog rot you have in there because everything's just wilting away to nothing or rotting on the backlog. And it's just, if it sticks around too long, it probably wasn't a good idea to begin with, right? And that's not to say that you can't go back to it later. So I don't believe in just getting rid of things for the sake of getting rid of things. In fact, when we do a tech debt sprint, a lot of times I tell people, okay, we're going to address the top 10 debt-related items. And then after that, we're going to mark everything known but not resolved and archive it. And I can't tell you how many people lose their minds when I say archive it. And I said, no, 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 I didn't say delete it. I said archive it. And when you do that, that's going to give you just a cleaner, more capable, more empowered product backlog that people can easily look at and see exactly what you're talking about. So the last tip that I'll give you is to make sure that you involve the right people when you're doing this. Now, lots of people will go out and involve the whole team or multiple teams, or they'll involve all the stakeholders, or they'll involve, you know, or they'll try to do it all themselves, <laughs> the complete opposite, right? And what I can tell you is the strongest presence that you have when you're organizing your product backlog is Pobafata, the product owner, business analyst, functional analyst, and technical analyst working together so that those analysts can feed information to the product owner so he or she can make excellent choices regarding the backlog and how it's going to be situated. So I feel like one of the keys is to make certain we know who those people are, that they're identified, and that we have the business analysts representing the voice of the consumer and that they've had ample amount of time beforehand to go through the backlog and uh, you know put in information that's going to help them make critical decisions or help the product owner make critical decisions based on the information that's there. Same is true for the functional analyst from a strategic perspective or for the technical analyst from the technical or infrastructure or architecture related you know, depending on what type of thing you're building, uh, you know, they should be able to put that input in there too. And I feel like this way, the product owner doesn't feel like they're doing it all themselves, but it also doesn't lead to that never ending meeting where you have a hundred people in a room trying to figure things out and everybody's got something to say when some people should have more credibility or weight and others maybe less, which is really, really interesting. And I want to make sure I emphasize, it's not that I don't feel like hearing all those ideas and all the, all the comment is all the commentary is not important. It's just, the amount of time that people are spending in meetings has grown dramatically over the last few years, and it's overwhelming, especially with COVID. We find that everything requires a meeting, and everybody has to come, and it's all online, and it's all on Zoom, and people are literally getting Zoom fatigue. So I think that these practices, the ones that she so eloquently pointed out here, uh, Jenna, bravo. I, I feel like you you have your head around what you need to do with the product. It's just, you know, 
trimming around the edges, making things a little pretty and, and you know, getting people involved. And I think the people are the one thing that you really didn't touch on as much here that I would have liked to have seen. But outside of that, I think the information you have in this article, the last step she goes to is create your product roadmap. I would argue that based on what's remaining in your backlog, create a roadmap for how you're going to get things completed in sprints. But I don't know necessarily that correlates to your idea-driven product roadmap. Yeah, you know, just a couple little differences. But overall, very well done. So that's going to do it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have something you'd like for us to review or cover, feel free to drop us a line at learnmoreatagiledad.com where we'd love to hear more about you. Until next time, stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Do take care.